Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications listening to this belly up sports podcast network product some said we go belly up so we made it our name and we're still here To another astounding episode of the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. I'm Nick with me as always is Anthony the Rook. TJ's on vacation. We've got our intern stat guy, Stal. We'll have a, a myriad of different guests today. We got three guests coming on tonight. It's a huge show. And you know what Tom Jones says? It's not unusual to catch us talking about sports. And here <laughs> we go. Anthony, how are you doing today? I am doing very, very well. I think we got a great show. Uh, we got lots to talk about, so I'm pretty excited about this. So uh, it's gonna have to come at fast and furious. Salvatore, how are you today? Yeah, Sal, how are you? Doing good. I'm excited for the show tonight. We got a lot going on tonight. Yeah, we got do. tons going on. But, but uh, we're gonna start with we're rocking with the worst. What's up? Yeah, we're gonna start with debate of the week. Just jump, jump from the jump. Just get 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 everyone get everyone heated. Oh, Nick is loving this one. So, debate of the week. Should Paul O'Neill's number 21 uh, be retired by the New York Yankees? Nick, the floor is yours. Uh, no. Uh, f- flat out, no. I mean, the Yankees at this point have 24 numbers retired. 24, okay? Now, an argument could be made that a t- franchise with such uh, a storied background, a, his- a historical uh, championship-winning franchise would have uh, – a, a, an astounding number of players worthy of having retired numbers. And for the most part, that's true. Uh, the only problem I have is if you actually look up the New York Yankees and the numbers that they have retired up until George Steinbrenner bought the team, it was a very select few people that were very, they were honored. It, it was never a fan favorite. It was legitimately somebody that throughout baseball could be identified as a Yankee. If I mean, if that makes sense, you know, like when you heard the word baseball, you thought of that person and they were wearing a Yankees uniform, not necessarily like you're a baseball fan. You hear the name and you know, he played for the Yankees, but like you thought of baseball, that person's face appeared in your head. And by connection and correlation, 
the Yankees ensued. For instance, Babe Ruth. When you think baseball, you think Babe Ruth, he's a Yankee. When you think baseball, you think Joe D, he's a Yankee. You, when you think baseball, you think Mickey Mantle, he's a Yankee. Uh, it really wasn't guys that were like, oh, we really like that guy, you know? And honestly, I think a lot of Yankee fans bullied the Yankees in doing this. And I think Paul, I think Paul O'Neill is an astounding player. I really appreciate what he brought to the table as a Yankee. Uh, but do I think he belongs in, in, in left field with Babe, Reggie, Maris? Do you know what those three guys have that uh, Paul O'Neill doesn't? They're on the Hall of Fame. That's not true, Reggie. Uh, Roy, Roy, Roger oh, Mar- not Roger Maris. Maris doesn't. I mean, they they're have all, they're all former MVPs. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, Paul, every- O'Neill, Paul, Paul O'Neill did win, win the batting title one year. Yeah, that's great. He won, well, 90, he won to 94. Jose, Jose Reyes has a batting title too. His number ain't getting retired by anybody. But uh, let's go over the numbers real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, nine. That's right. I said eight twice. 10, 15, 16, 20, 23, 32, 37, 42, 42. That's right. 42 twice. 44, 46, 49, and 51. Of all of those, tw- oh, and it's going to be 21. That'll be 24 numbers. Of those 24 people, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So 10 this is like MVPs Mike Francesa. with 10 MVPs with the Yankees, 11 overall, because Reggie Jackson won an MVP with the A's prior to getting to the Yankees. Okay. And the remaining guys, there's two Cy Young Award winners. Yet somehow they have 24 numbers retired. Some of these Yankees do not match the others. And I'll I'll let you know the ones I don't think should have their numbers retired. Billy Martin shouldn't have anything retired. Billy Martin's number got retired because George Steinbrenner felt bad about firing him 2,000 times, and then he died. So as a mea culpa, I loved you, Billy. They retired his number. But ultimately, Billy Martin was not that great of a manager. Everybody goes, what do you want us to World Series? I could have won the World Series with those teams that had fucking former MVPs and Cy Young Award winners on it. I could have. Like, 77 and 78, I could have won those World Series. Look at those teams. They're stacked. All right? Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter obviously never won an MVP, but he's in the Hall of fucking Fame. Get his number retired, hundred percent. Are you going to go through each each player you don't agree with? It's the ones I don't think should should. So I just saw Jeter was next because <laughs> I didn't want to say, oh, if they're in the Hall of Fame, they they only the Hall of Famers or only the MVPs should have their number retired. I didn't want to say that, but no manager should even wear a number, let alone have their number retired. So sixth and so thirty-seven, be retired. sixth and thirty-seven yeah. shouldn't be retired. Because the manager doesn't even need to wear a uniform, really. Like, why does he have a uniform on? This is in 1902 when the manager was still a player. We, we don't have any uh, Paul Newmans out there playing as a player coach anymore. Hasn't happened since, like, Joe Torre with the, the Cardinals or, or with the Mets in, like, 68 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And honestly, like, six of the – like, four of the last six numbers retired should not have been retired. I agree with you on that one. Well, Alex, I love Tony Williams. You guys know me. Well, Tony Williams is my favorite player. I know. I agree he with you on that one. Nikki and DiMaggio. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, let's hear from TJ since we got him. TJ, what do you feel about the poll? I think all of us have the same sentiment. I don't know about you, Sal, but TJ, go. Um, I might be on the other side. All right. So, <laughs> TJ, go. <laughs> we'll, we'll all have the other opposite side of it. Uh, I'm, I, I'm with Nick. I think it's a joke. I think 
nostalgia shouldn't dictate retiring a guy's number just because he meant so much to the team, you know, back when they were dominating. I mean, are you going to retire everybody's number then? Are you, I guess Tino Martinez is next. I mean, you can't you can't retire anybody that's ever meant something to the team. We're all going to have those players that are like, oh, he's a fan favorite. He's a fan favorite. I mean, it, it's about stats and winning championships. And while Paul O'Neill is a great player, I, I don't think that you, you – I mean, come on. We're going to be in triple digits soon. Well, people are going to be playing 101, 102. One, like, come on. I, I get it. You, you want to honor the guy, honor the guy. You want to have Paul O'Neill night, have Paul O'Neill night. But 20 years later – but I'm just saying, 20 years later, it's essentially a PR stunt. I mean, the Mets are making moves in the offseason with the little offseason that we had. The Yankees are sitting there stagnant. Um, I'm not saying they have to make moves. I think they should make a few moves. But there's there's no buzz around the Yankees. So, hey, let's generate some buzz and bring back somebody from 20 years ago, a fan favorite, and honor him and retire his jersey and build up a little buzz that way. I, I, I think it's I think it's dumb. So, T, I, I said my first statement was when you retire somebody's number, it should be somebody who is synonymous with baseball and then by extension, the Yankees. For instance, if you think of baseball, you think of Derek Jeter, who happens to also be a Yankee, so you retire his number. You, Mickey right. Mantle, same deal. You think of baseball, you think of Mickey Mantle. If Mike Trout was on the Yankees right now, retire Mike Trout's number. He's synonymous with baseball. And if Aaron Judge stays as uh, prolific as he is and healthy and he wins the championship maybe with the Yankees, in 10 right. years, retire his number two. But right now, like, if you ask anybody that's not a New Yorker who Paul O'Neill is, they'd be like, uh, I'm not sure. Like, there's a scene in Friends where that one belonged – he's trying on tuxedos, and she goes, that one belonged to Paul O'Neill. And he goes, who's that? Right. <laughs> and that's a uh, joke, but it's not really a joke. He's not Derek Jeter. Yeah. So let's hear from the opposite side of this then. The sound. I'm not going to put an argument here because I agree with TJ and Nick, so I'm not even going to give any more points. So Sal, here's the opposite. Uh, yeah. Why should we? Why should we retire Paul O'Neill number twenty one? No, I agree with you guys. I think there is a lot of numbers retired, maybe too many. But I, I just Paul O'Neill was he was an important part in that night on those nineties teams. I mean, I he's one of my f- personal favorite Yankees, and I never even got to see him play. So say, it shows twenty three, but. He it shows you the impact that he had on the Yankees and the Yankees fans and the fan base. He's so beloved that even people that didn't get a chance to see him play want to see his number retired. And like somebody like me, like I put him on my like top five personal favorite Yankees. So I, I get what you're saying. There's too many numbers retired, but. I, I'm cool with it. I don't have a problem with it. I just think it diminishes I, the value of what it what it means. A hundred percent. It's there's too many fan favorites. It's like the Mets saying, "All right, we're going to retire Bartolo Colon's number because for a <laughs> long time he was the only <laughs> solid player there, and he brought fans to the stands." And oh, hey, remember that fat guy home run? <laughs> I mean, he O'Neill did win four titles, and maybe he should have won. Teams five. The, 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 the team won. The team won. O'Neill's not winning that by himself. He was an important part, part of that. Big but, but part of that. O'Neal is on par okay, with Okay, so if, if I asked you, if, if you were going to remove somebody from the team and I gave you a list of players, well, uh, Paul O'Neill or Mariano Rivera, who do you think is bringing them to the championship more? No, obviously Rivera. I, you you can, and we him. could do this down the entire lineup. 
Cole O'Neill isn't the difference in those championships. Jeff Nelson and Mike Stanton were fucking incredible. He was the warrior, though. Uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, talk shit about Paul O'Neill, but it's, it's, I'm not saying it's not warranted for the type of player that he was. He played the game. He played the game hard. He played the game, right. But it's just, if you're going to do it for him, there's going to be more and more play. Every team has a Paul O'Neill, a fan favorite, somebody that grinds it out. And, 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 you know, you just, you don't see other teams doing this. There's retiring numbers left and right. Oh, fan favorite was there for the good time. So let's retire. I mean, Everybody on that team was an integral part of each championship. You can make an argument either way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think O'Neill's like Bobby Mercer, Willie Randolph, Greg Nettles. They're, they're iconic Yankees. They're Yankees through and through. Bobby Mercer especially uh, was a was a huge like he was a Yankee, like a Yankee Yankee, like to the right. point where he was even an announcer. And it, like I remember growing up listening to Bobby Mercer, rest in peace. Yeah, and I love yeah. listening to him talk about baseball. But should his number be retired next to Babe Ruth? No, you know. No. And I love Bobby Mercer as a talent and as a personality. What he means to the Yankees. Same thing with Willie Randolph. Willie Randolph was the captain of the Yankees. Uh, granted, he didn't win any World Series, but neither did Don Mattingly. But but Willie Randolph no. did win World Series as a coach with the Yankees on those '90s teams. And yet his number is not retired. And then we look mm-hmm. at somebody like Dave Winfield, who's in the Hall of Fame. Played 10 years with the Yankees, made like eight All Star games with five Gold Gloves and four Silver Sluggers, and his number's not retired. So years that you're liked by the management, they retire your number. So, so whose number are we retiring next? Matsui? Gardner? So what, I, no. what I want to do is I'll wrap this up soon. But uh, basically, it's just he got a plaque night. I think that's great. If you want to honor him, honor him. I, I think he's a great player. Um, he's part of those championships. You could honor him. Retirement, I think, goes too far. You, dis- you dim- diminish the value of a retired number. To the point where it's like, all right, you get number retired by the Yankees. It's like, all right, like, but he's not on the level of Ruth, Maris, Mantle, DiMaggio, Gehrig. Yeah, but nobody, uh, but nobody has been since then, though, other than maybe Jeter. No, I get that, but Paul Neal, I get he was part of the team. He was loved by Steinbrenner, but I don't think he. Hey, hey, hold on, A Rod is up there. He has two MVPs for the Yankees. Yeah, and he's not going to have his number retired. He's not probably going to. You know who the previous Yankees to have two MVPs were? Two guys, you might have heard of them, Maris and Mantle. They were the last two Yankees to get multiple MVPs while playing for the Yankees. All right, so I think we're yeah, – because we had a big show. I don't want to keep going on this too Yeah, long. let's go. Let's go. I'm going to bring our first guest here. Sal, we're going to say goodbye to you. We'll see you in a little right. bit. We'll be behind the scenes. And we welcome Andrew from the Divots and Pivots. And he just – he had he put it in the chat. But go ahead. What were you saying about Paul O'Neill? Paul O'Neill was never a top four player responsible for any of those titles, which yeah, means he I have a hard time saying he was an integral part of the title teams. He had his role, but can you say he was one of the top four driving forces? I don't think so. And what 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 do you? I don't, I don't know your your affiliation for fanhood, but who, who's you your in Boston all the way? That's so you're a Boston Red Sox fan and. Even yeah. you agree with us that Paul Neal shouldn't be retired. I agree because the way I look at it, it's kind of like the Celtics. The Celtics also is an organization that retires everybody's number from over the years yeah, where sure. there's so many guys up there that don't belong up there next to some of the greats, and it's it's just too much. I'm a, I think all the Hall of Fames, I think they're all a joke now. They, they, they let everybody in. I'm a big fan of small hall. I think all the Hall of Fames and all the numbers getting retired is just taking away from the history of all of those you know institutions. A hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 laughable. Like Nick said, when you got people being honored next to Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and 
Mickey Mantle, you know, you're hanging ra- jerseys in the rafters next to Larry Bird, and these guys don't stack up next to Larry Bird. So what are you doing? You're, you're diminishing the honor. You know, Whitey Ford said there should only be four numbers retired by the Yankees. Three, four, six, and seven. Uh, three, four, five, and seven. I agree. And nobody can argue that. And, and Whitey yeah. Ford's number is retired. And he was like, yeah, I don't deserve that crap. I was nothing compared to those guys. Think about right, that. Like, the, the, whole, the whole thing is you want to put a standard out there. And those standards, that standard is greatness. Like, just like generational greatness. Like, you're not going to see this again. Yeah, I agree. That's but error greatness. Reason, I'm sick of the error greatness. Yeah. And the reason why we have Andrew on today, because uh, we thought TJ was giving a crew, so you're in trouble, but we, we want to join us. We're doing some PJ talk. So we got the Honda Classic Yo. this week. We're going to discuss a little bit about Phil Mickelson, the drama that's going on with him, and the Super Saudi League. Um, so I think I have a couple notes just to reiterate or to show uh, what those statements were. So he said, Saudis are scary motherfuckers. Go be involved to be involved with. Uh, and questions the country, and he questioned the country's human rights record in an interview recently with Adam Shipnuck in the, for a book. And he said, however, however, despite that, the money from the proposed Saudi League was a once-in-a-life opportunity to reshape the PGA Tour and how it operates. Um, he said they've been able to get by with manipulative, uh, coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players, had no recourse. Uh, he said, as nice as the guy the commissioner is, he comes across uh, as he comes across. Unless you have leverage, you won't do what you said. And the Saudi money is finally going to give the players that leverage to then have upper hand or to make some sort of movement to improve the PGA Tour. Uh, so he recently he issued that apology, which a lot of people didn't really like. Uh, he you know, he said he was off the record when he spoke to Al- Alan uh, Shipneck. Uh, but, you know, Alan then recently said it was all false. It was on the record. Um, so I guess we'll start with our guest here, Andrew. You know, what are your feels about feeling about uh, Phil Mickelson right now? Yeah, I don't think there's any way that that conversation was off the record. I don't I don't think Alan, who was writing a book, who who knows what he's doing, ever would have allowed that to be off the record and then still publish it. Like, I, it doesn't make sense. I think Phil's trying to cover cover his ass there. Um, I think I think Phil need needed to take the route that a lot of the other you know, current players, I should say current because I mean, he's in the champions tour, but you know, the, the bigger name players right now took where they're just, they're, they're saying the smart, simple things in the news. And then they're just showing their support on the course or in the media or just by simply being there. And, and Phil, like he always does when there's money involved, he puts his foot in his mouth and he talks too much. And the, the man's addicted to money. The man's addicted to gambling. So for him to, to say that he was using it as leverage against the PGA, like that might be the case, but good God, like <laughs> who says that out loud? Like, okay, you just gave away your leverage. Like if that's how you felt, like just, just keep it, keep it behind closed doors. Like it just makes no sense to me what he was doing. I think he, I don't know. It, it seems like he wanted a bit of spotlight. All right. TJ, how do you feel about it? I think that Phil Mickelson always seems to be on the hating end of it because you know the type of guy he is. He does gamble a lot. He does flaunt his money around. He's about making money. Uh, They gave him shit when he said he was moving out of California because he couldn't stand paying the taxes. And then all of a sudden, apparently every PGA fan in the world was for taxes. I mean, the guy gets shit on constantly. I agree that some things are better left unsaid. And why would you tip your hand? It makes no sense. But at the same time, when you have NBA players uh, taking support from China and talking about playing in the China League and 
their Nikes come from sweatshops and they want to talk about, oh, you know, the United States is the worst when it comes to this social issue and this social issue, yet they're wearing sneakers made by six-year-olds in a sweatshop. <laughs> it, it, nobody nobody attacks them for that. Or the people that do attack them for that are on the fringe and they're just, you know, oh, you guys are nuts. Who cares? Nikes are great. So I, I think Phil Mickelson was definitely talking on the record. You don't talk to reporters or writers or anything like that, unless you expect it to get published. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this guy's his best friend. Where it's like, hey, listen, we're off the record right now. I just want to vent. You know, that's not well, the person you vent it was to. A phone interview too. It's not like they ran into each other and just started chatting. Right. Like, oh, by the way, like it was scheduled. <laughs> right. I mean, listen. He 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 says what he wants to say. He wanted to say it. He wanted it out there, and the backlash, you know, happened. And he did the political PR. Let me put the apology out there. But I mean, I. While I don't, I, I agree with some stuff and I don't agree with most stuff. I mean, I agree that it sucks that, you know, he had to pay, the, you know, when they had the match, he had to pay the PGA tour a million dollars to be able to have the match. I think that's a joke. Um, but at the same time, while you're sitting there saying, well, I don't have the right to make money off my brand and stuff like this. It's like, dude, you're rich because you play a sport. And the only reason you're that rich is because the PGA brought in all these sponsors who pay an exorbitant amount of money to watch you play golf. I mean, and golf, when you think about it, isn't one of those sports that are, it's not hockey. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. It's not football. So, I mean, I, I consider PGA tour players lucky to get the money that they're making right now. So. Yeah, I actually, I, I will say Phil Mickelson, when I heard that he would do the Saudi league, I'm like, I'm not surprised. The guy loves money, loves gambling. Yeah. And you know what? If you're going to play the Saudi league, you don't have to justify it to anybody. No, you don't. Take the you money. You know what I mean? Dude, you're making money. I, I don't sit here and look down on strippers. They got to make a living too. <laughs> That's a good we know where Nick, that money comes know. from. Nick, do you have uh, anything on this? You want to uh, Yeah, just two things. One, uh, degenerate gamblers. I can see how you two can identify. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I lived in Saudi for a year. I didn't come across any Saudis that seem to be bad people i understand that there's some uh you know human humanitarian problems there it's honestly it's a different world entirely we talked about this briefly last time you know their uh their prince sultan is is kind of he's kind of screwed honestly he's stuck between two worlds one where they only understand violence and like murder and stuff like that and another where he's trying to be a part of the 21st century with the rest of the planet and but they don't respect that so you know right. it, it's hard to be 33 years old and having your relatives plot your murder on a regular basis and run yeah. a country that's going to run out of money in 15 years. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade places with that kid. That kid, uh, he must be miserable for all I know. Yeah. So having lived in Saudi Arabia for a year, I, I never came across a Saudi that was a bad, a, a bad dude. So, but yeah, uh, let's feel bad for the, the Sultan. Let's feel bad for him with all his money and <laughs> oil and gold. Listen, I know nobody's trying to kill me right now. His own uncles were plotting his death. Okay. I'm I love my uncle. He's one of my best friends. How being does he the, feel about you though? Being the Prince Sultan. <laughs> oh, uh, we're, we're, we're thick as Steve's, man. Come on. Being the Prince Sultan of something in comic because TJ's plotting my murder as well. Watch yourself. You're lucky I, I'm yeah, actually look, I wore I wore the shirt you bought me because I missed you so much, buddy. I wore mine too because I, I missed it. you too. We did miss you. We're just I wore my bar stool shirt. <laughs> Uh, we don't work for those guys, man. Yeah. Fuck. I know. One shirt. day. One day after Rook fires me. <laughs> uh, I will say that, as, you know, we asked Andrew what his team was. He said the Red Sox. And uh, <laughs> as he kept continued to talk, and I heard pa, 
Hot. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's definitely a Red Sox. Oh yeah, black guy. Northern, Northern I heard. I heard Haas. I, I, I was like, horse. Haas. <laughs> All right, well, Andrew, Haas. We're just about wrapping up the PJ talk. We appreciate you joining us today. Uh, tell us where you're. I have your. That's correct, right? Yeah, right uh, there. That's correct. You can find the show Twitter at, at Divots and Pivots. You can find my own personal Twitter at Real Mr. Mallard. Uh, you can catch the show on uh, Belly Up Sports TV on Tiki Live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. I have guests. We talk DFS, mainly DraftKings, but we also just talk general uh, PGA golf stories. We like to attack it from a human side. So check us out, YouTube, Twitter, Tiki Live. I'm there for you. There it is. Right there is the banner. And there's this logo there, Tiffins and Poots. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Anytime. And TJ, you, you're, you're hanging around. You're leaving. No, I'm out of here. I got to go do some drinking. That's a smart All right. man right there. Man, All right, TJ. All right, good night, we'll, gentlemen. We're going to do a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do – we have Haley joining us for some legal talk. So hang with us. Hey, gang, it's Commissioner Cooper from TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. That means we give the people what they want. Expert fantasy advice, leading medical and legal analysis, free contests, and innovative games to keep you entertained. Watch us live with the Tiki Live app on the Belly Up Sports channel, subscribe to us on YouTube, or follow us on all social media platforms. Visit TSSFantasy.com today for all the latest updates from the fantasy show of the people. We put the fun in fantasy. Yeah! over sour cream, yeah. Right. That's because you have high cholesterol. Okay. If you drafted Julio Jones, you got ghosted. <laughs> this is amazing. TSS fantasy. It's like an orgasm. If I had a cigarette, I'd smoke it. Fuck I'm going to be here. This is the show of shows. TSS fantasy. The fantasy show of the people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, we're back, and we are bringing on Haley right now. I have her thing there. Oh, sorry, I hit the wrong button. Haley, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. How are y'all? We're good. I love it. You said y'all. That's <laughs> I was going to say. I, I did a little fist pump. I was like, I was hoping to hear yeah, like I was hoping for y'all. <laughs> love it. Love it. We are actually going to Nashville next week, so we talked to Haley. She gave us some recommendations of places. Now, these places you've been to, or you just gave us random places. Some of them, some of them I had to ask my friends about. I'm not like a beer connoisseur. Um, I tailgate, I love tailgate brewery. I'll be there this Friday um, for like a big Preds tailgate, which is going to be really fun. Um, and I think cool. I gave you guys Old Smoky. Old yeah. Smoky is my favorite, my absolute That's favorite. The, uh, the six and Peabody, right? Is that it? Yep. Doing like whiskey and shine tastings. Yes. That is okay. my favorite. Perfect. Then we will. Uh... Oh, this is a weird comment we got. Uh, <laughs> gonna ignore that one. Anyway, um, so 
Haley, we're bringing you on today. Uh, I don't, are we good? I mean, are we able to meet up next week to go do some sort of uh, beer taste and a whiskey tasting? Absolutely. Around? Absolutely. Right, we'll try to do something with you regarding that because we do we do another show. We kind of do uh, you know we do beer tasting, whiskey tasting. We get we check out bars. So we'd love to do some, some sort of work with you, uh, you know, regarding uh, regarding that. So, but the reason why we have you here is because I know you're a law student. So where where do you go to law school? I don't know if you want to say it, but yeah, I go to Belmont Law. Uh, okay. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. Are yeah. you originally from Nashville? No, I'm actually from Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Okay, so your your baseball team is Detroit Tigers. Then is that? Um, yes, I'm a Tigers fan. Well, she's okay. a Browns fan, which is weird. You're a Browns fan too? Oh yeah, I just realized. Yeah, you were drinking from that cup. Yeah, nice, nice. So what's in that cup? Water. Yeah, I have I have homework to do after this, so we've. Got and I was gonna say we appreciate. It. I know how it is to be a law student. Uh, I'm a lawyer myself. I feel like uh, the guy from TMZ. I'm a lawyer. But, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Uh, yeah, I appreciate taking out your time to study and come join us here. So let's get into. Yeah. We don't want to take too much of your time. Um, so first things first is, I don't know if you saw the Deshaun Watson news recently. Yes. Yes. I mean, so, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not too surprised by it too. So for anyone who's wondering what we're talking about is that Deshaun Watson obviously has these 22 civil cases, uh, for the sexual assault. Um, and recently this week, the judge, uh, ordered that he, out of nine of the 22 cases, he's going to have to testify at depositions, um, to, uh, to, you know, regarding the case. Basically, and some of the reasons why is pretty much is that the nine cases at 22, those women are not involved criminally. Um, they already gave their own depositions. And apparently, I guess the Harris County District Attorney said he's set to make a decision regarding charges of Deshaun Watson by April 1st. So, Haley, I don't know if you uh, what your aspect is on this, if it was something shocking, not shocking. What do you think? Um, no, I wasn't shocked. I mean, I obviously we knew he was going to have to provide some sort of testimony for these civil cases right um i i do get where his defense is coming from i mean obviously fifth amendment pretty important but um i see also the judge's ideas where it's these this testimony won't necessarily affect these criminal charges because it's not the survivors that are pressing criminal charges so i get it i wasn't surprised i wasn't shocked yeah also the thing is too i guess with What's going to happen to me, he's going to go to the te- depositions. He's going to say, I'm going to plead the fifth. Like, it's yeah. not really much, de- uh, you know, exactly. testimony that could be going on. Right. So, but yeah, right. I, yeah, I think we, we both agree on that. I know, Nick, I don't know if you want to chime in here with some legal talk, but <laughs> if I learn anything from Michael Corleone, you don't plead the fifth, you just lie. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you look better. When you plead the fifth, you're guilty. Everybody knows that. It's, I do not endorse that. Yeah, if, you were not, not, exactly. if you're not guilty, then why are you pleading the fifth? Like, <laughs> I, I, I I plead the fifth. Uh, I would like to use my, my Fifth Amendment right on the grounds that my testimony may incriminate me. That means you're guilty. Well, may incriminate you. May is the key word there. Guilt. Uh, listen, an, a, a guilt-free mind doesn't have no room for none of that. All right. <laughs> I learned that from Joe Bennett in Tallahassee, Florida. I love. I love that you quoted The Godfather to. Uh, your legal uh, analysis of this at this point. Listen, That's great. Actually, no, I didn't quote the, quote the Godfather. I uh, it was a book I read. Um, I don't remember whose book, but the guy was like, I had a note from my lawyer on how to elect to plead the fifth. And every time they asked me a question, I just read the note. Oh, uh, a, a, a man of honor, Joe Bonanno's book. 
He pled the fifth like 67 times. He was not guilty as well. (laughs) Well, you're guilt. You're not. I'm sorry. Innocent until proven guilty. So nobody was guilty if they were not. And also, we always opinion. We go over this every week. I always have to say allegedly anytime Nick makes an accusation like that just to protect us. But listen, Kevin told the people the Benoit's. Yeah, allegedly. We'll ask Matt when he comes on the show. All right. We will. We will. Matt would probably agree with you. Oh, real happy. quick, while we're on football. I, I hate to just segue real quick. Uh, yeah. Quick update. I spoke with our friend uh, John Lawrence, who's uh, fighting esophageal cancer. And I said it right this time this week. Yeah. Um, I spoke with him today. He's saying that his, his doctor said that he made some progress uh, with uh, with his chemotherapy, uh, and he actually just finished putting together his Star Trek, uh, uh, the Next Generation uniform that he's been working on. He said for 14 years, and uh, we're rooting for you, John. We're, you're in our thoughts, you're in our prayers, and get better soon, buddy. Yeah, John's uh, now. Well, he's now a listener from the UK. There it so, is. But yeah, you know, good luck, John. That's great to hear. Um, you know, best luck with everything. So I guess moving on from this, uh, we won't get into the federal subsidies yet because I think it's kind of more long-winded and kind of a long topic. But the Eric K verdict, so we had gone through this last week. So are you familiar with the case of Eric K? Yes, yes. Yeah, I've been following along with it. Um, so he obviously, they found him guilty. I mean, after all the testimony that we heard last week, it seemed like it was leading that way. Yeah, um, the jury deliberation was only an hour, less than an hour and a half. Less than an uh, hour and a half. Yeah, so it was pretty quick. Uh, they found them guilty of distribution of a controlled oh. substance resulting in death and then conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute controlled substances. And then in sentencing, his set for uh, June 28th, and he's facing 20 years to life in federal prison. So that's right. that's the update on that one. Um, I guess, what, what what's your perspective on this? I know I went through the whole thing thoroughly last week, but I want to hear what, uh, what, your, what your perspective was on this one. Yeah, so um, I think the jury got it right. I mean, I the testimony was or the evidence was just there was just a plethora of evidence. I mean, the text messages, the yeah, not surprised, not upset, waiting for sentencing. Um, I think these types of cases and these types of verdicts are important especially now because of we have such an opioid crisis that people do need to start being held accountable and yeah i'm typical typical case you know yeah and i think with this one too is the fact that like yes tyler skaggs is someone who is using you know he 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 acts with oxycodone but i mean when it comes to i guess that it was laced with fentanyl which is not something that he was typically that he wanted to do and right. I think before they had said that he even said that he said, I don't want to do any fentanyl. Um, so for, you know, for, you know, Kay to go ahead and still give this. And I think the most damning evidence of all this was the, the assistant had said that uh, apparently Kay confided with him afterwards and said, I was with Tyler that night the right. day, passed, the day before he passed away, which is, which is pretty damning. And then also the evidence from Matt Harvey, which was the, the difference in the pills that he's like, I gave him pink pills, which are Percocets. I never gave him oxycodone. So, um, yeah, I think I agree with you there. I mean, so, so far two for two and not shocking surprises, uh, yeah. from, you know, juries and judges, uh, Nick, I know, uh, you, I saw you shake your head for a second. So what? <laughs> I, I shook my head because you said oxycodone and then changed it to oxycodone. Those are two different drugs. <laughs> I know. I keep, I keep mispronouncing it. You know, it's, 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 it's last names and it's 
prescription drugs. I keep messing up the names. Um, no, with the with the with the uh, Eric K thing. Um, I think I think it's a good determination overall because it's a deterrent toward toward dealing drugs. If I can hold you liable for the death of another, uh, if I can prove that you're the one that provided them with the illegal substance, well, then that's one more reason not to. Uh, not to do that, not to deal drugs. I mean, right. yeah. it's a very sad story. The whole thing is sad. And uh, people who are like drug dealers, things like that, you're, you're a bit of a predator. You know, you, uh, mm-hmm. you, you see somebody that has a weakness and you're taking advantage of them. And in this instance, it resulted in the death of a young man. And that sucks. That's, I mean, obviously he's got a, he has accountability or had accountability before he died. I mean, nobody's sitting there holding him down and forcing him to do anything, but at the same time, uh, as a human being, um, you know, you should take accountability. If you you know you're hurting somebody, you shouldn't just be okay with that because you're making money. I mean, it's, I guess that's easier said than done, but I mean, yeah, that's true. It's just, I guess, how I feel about it. Maybe I'm looking through rose-colored lenses and out too altruistic for my own good, but I mean, just because you're making money doesn't mean what you're doing is good. And I think that's what blinds people, right? It's the greed. Like, I'm going to make this money, and if I can make these pills cost less, but I sell them for more, you know, who cares what's in them? Not me. I'm yeah. not taking them, right? Right. Yeah, and true. that's the other thing is he's not taking them, so why would you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's know, a good, uh, excellent point. And I think the worst I, of it is the I had a problem with it. was a lot of people commending Matt Harvey like he did something nice. Matt Harvey only testified because they gave him immunity. Yeah, so it wasn't about doing the right thing. It was about doing what was convenient. And yeah. not even that, he wasn't. And now he was granted immunity. He was compelled to testify, which means he was almost like subpoenaed. He's subpoenaed, Forced, basically. Right. And he has to appear. So, so yeah, a yeah. lot of people give him kudos for his testimony, and they're all sitting there saying sob stories for Matt Harvey. Like, I don't feel bad for Matt Harvey. I don't feel yeah. bad for him at all. I really don't. Yeah, I, I got you. Um, anyway, so moving on to the next topic, which is the federal subsidies. Um, so three members of Congress this week, Jackie Spire, uh, Dan, uh, By- uh, sorry, Don Beyer, and Earl, this is the last name, I can't pronounce it, but Earl Blum- Blumenauer brought in this no tax subsidies for Stadium Act. So, Haley, are you familiar with this? or? Yeah, so um, the only reason why I, I mean, obviously I knew – how stadiums are funded, but I didn't know that they were tax exempt until this kind of hit today. I was like, yeah. oh, interesting. And then I, you know, read up on it and I'm like, this is kind of fun. This is kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. And it's funny because the whole thing, the reason we brought about it is the, it's basically the federal government right now is investigating into Dan Snyder with the right. commander because he wants more money to build a stadium in 2027 because I think their lease is up at that point for a new commander stadium. Um, and there's just been a history of sexual harassment, sexual assault against them. And then he's still getting the benefit of these federal tax subsidies, um, you know, based upon if, as long as they get the municipal bonds from a city, you know, who's trying to woo you to come into their city and bring you know more tourism, more dollars, they'll give you these municipal bonds to build your stadiums. And then you get exemptions on that money. So um, basically because of him, they're really saying that, you know, these shouldn't be a reward for these type of, organizations that run with you know racial discrimination sexual discrimination and sexual assault so uh and what's your what's your take on that one Haley? you know what i agree if you can't play by the rules why are you going to be benefited by the rules right like i think that 
it's gotten to a point where the NFL and I guess really any big professional sports organization, I, I think they're comfortable. They're comfortable with doing the bare minimum. And I, I think that they're comfortable with um, knowing that they're able to get away with a lot. And if this is just something that's going to kind of act as a, some sort of deterrent, I think I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. So before I get to you, Nick, I know I saw you made a face, but so my thought on this is that I don't think it's going to pass, even though, it seems like a good idea in, you know, looking at the paperwork or looking at the legislation. Uh, but the reason why I don't think it is because it's, it's kind of punishing all sports. Right. Whereas maybe, you know, baseball may not have the same issue. So in the so reason also they're doing this is the federal government lost $4.3 billion in revenue because of these tax exemptions based on the 43 stadiums built since 2000. So it's been 43 stadiums built. They all use missile bonds. They'll get the tax exempts. And these 43 stadiums are not all NFL stadiums. Some of them are. MLB stadiums, some of them are acting, you know, um, you know, accordingly. They're not, you know, not all they'll be accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment. So for me, I don't think it's going to pass. Um, if maybe the legislation said something, whereas if you commit these acts or you commit this discrimination, then you're going to lose your federal exemption. I think that would be something that's probably more likely to pass. And not to mention, you're going after billion dollar owners. Right. They have plenty of friends in government. And yeah. I don't think they're really going to be, uh, I'm sure they're going to be stuffing some more pockets to make sure that legislation doesn't get passed. So that's absolutely. my, that's kind of my thought on it. Oh, uh, you're absolutely in, right. Yeah. And, but in theory, obviously it's a good, as you said, it's a good thing because in theory it has them be accountable because now they're going to lose money. So we'll go over to Nick. I know you're I'm sure you shake your head at one point. I, I was actually in agreement with you. Uh, obviously with, with the, Redskins football team commanders, whatever they want to call themselves this week, uh, have been accused of is is not okay. But I don't believe that the entire the entirety of all sports should be punished for the actions of the minority. Uh, of course, the minority is always louder than than everybody else, right? The one bad kid in school is known by the the principal. The principal doesn't know the good kids that are just like average students that don't cause trouble. Um, I think we're also forgetting the fact that these stadiums bring millions upon millions of dollars to the city for other programs and employment to a lot of people that are employed by that, uh, by that stadium. Like just let's look at our community, for instance, in Staten Island, the fact that there is no Staten Island Yankees, how many people lost their jobs? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so the, the stadium being there, while it may not mean much to some, and it may mean, mean too much to a one individual who, profiteers off of the entire situation uh it means a lot to a lot of little people let's look at it. let's look at yankee stadium right let's say yankee stadium is not where it is then we don't have places like stan's bar billy's bar all the restaurants and and, and clubs nearby they're not making that income because why would i go there i only go there i only go to stan's and billy's because they're next to yankee stadium not to mention the hundreds upon hundreds of people that work at the stadium not to yeah. mention the other venues i go the other like situations that go on in these arenas and in these stadiums. And I do feel like if they do pass that law, it's punishing everybody. It's basically cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're mad at Dan Snyder. So you're going to punish everybody. And now you, you didn't even, honestly, you didn't even hurt Dan Snyder. He'll find another way to get it done. Yeah. But at, at the same time, fans and the people that work there at the same time, it's just eliminating the tax exemption. Right. So these billion dollar corporations and businesses can afford to pay their taxes, pay your taxes. That's it. Oh, they won't though. They, they, you don't get money by paying taxes. You get money by hiring lawyers to find out ways to not pay your taxes. Well, 
Matt, Matt O'Day says he got kicked out of stands once. I can't blame them. I'd have kicked him out. We'll have to talk to him about that one. But yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think what it is too is I mean, they're still going to get the money from the municipal. They're still going to still get money from the states, the cities to come in. They'll still get tax exemptions there. I mean, it's not like the worst thing. I guess obviously, the, obviously they lost four point three billion. If you count forty three stadiums, that's a million dollars each stadium. So I'm sorry, more than that, hundred million dollars each so, stadium. So. I, the other math you got to look at is how many, how much money did they make once the new stadium was built, and how much money did they pay on taxes on that? No, you're right. I mean, listen, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, Nick. Obviously, but, the stadium uh, comes to a town. There's a lot of of positivity, po- positive things that happen for revenue, money jobs employment they're all going to helps out but which is why teams want these stadiums why do you think las vegas now has two professional three with WNBA, three professional teams playing in their city now <laughs> um so i i agree with you um but uh i i do like the idea of well punish the people that are are, are where, where applicable you know uh if you violate title nine you get punished they don't punish yeah. every sport and every team in college or, or high school they, they punish the culprit which i think is appropriate and title nine is a federal law so something along those lines i think would be more pro, uh more appropriate for that scenario but if i know rich people and i think i do uh they'll find a way to beat the system they always do they didn't get rich by not beating the system by no, playing I by the rules yeah i agree with you nick um so those those are the three law topics that we have for sports unless hey would you have anything else that uh, last last words here Go Browns. Go <laughs> Real quick before you go, Haley, just tell us something about what you're, you're on Belly Up now. You're new to Belly Up. Right. Tell us what you do. Tell us what you bring to the table. Where can we find you? What do you do? Um, you can find me at the Haley Murphy everywhere, all social media and platforms. Um, basically, I'm just trying to bring sports law to sports fans. I feel like it's something that a lot of fans don't know and don't have a good concept or grasp on. And I think it's important because – Lawyers play a key part in a lot of things behind the scenes in sports. And I think it's really interesting and I think it's really fun. And I, I kind of am trying to put like a fun spin on something that I feel like people usually think is really boring. Right. Um, but I don't know. I'm just trying to get people excited about the law. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what mediums, what mediums can we find you on? Um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of them. And you're, you're a writer for belly up writer for belly up. Yep. All right. Actually, you know, Jerry Maguire is a movie about a lawyer who becomes an agent. Yeah. <laughs> and he becomes best friends with his client. Yeah. Best, best friends. Oh, he does become best friends. That's his client. I forgot Renee Zoger is not a client. Never mind. No. Anyway, best Haley, before you leave, well. I know. Before you leave, I know. He's the ambassador of Quan. What is wrong with you? I know. I messed up. Uh, I read your article recently about the MLB lockout. So we have a little bit more time before you leave. Yeah. We get to our next segment. So I just want to say, just give you a couple minutes. What now today, MLB lockout did not really go that great. They have the deadline now, February 28th. So what are your thoughts real briefly before, uh, before you leave us? Yeah. So if you would have asked me this question last week, my answer would be completely different. But after today, I think that we're not going to get a full 162 game schedule. We're not starting on time. Um, it's a mess. It's a mess, especially with like, them not agreeing to even have a mediator in there. Like I, ugh, yeah, it's a mess. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Without the mediator, I think it's really tough. I think it's the second time the players rejected the mediator too, which isn't right. great. And then this deadline, they said, if it comes Monday, there's no deal in place. Uh, we're losing baseball uh, yep. a couple games, at least here and there. And there's not gonna be 162 games. Players lose out. They lose their money and the fans lose out on a, on a great product. 
I enjoy baseball. I love baseball. I don't know about how, if baseball is your number one sport or not. I know me and Nick, big baseball fans, but it sucks to lose baseball anytime it happens. Oh, it absolutely sucks. We should be watching baseball right now. We should have baseball content. We should be excited for the season to start. And I honestly, I'm everything but excited. Yeah, I agree with you. And speaking of bringing uh, enjoyment and excitement to the law, here we have a comment here from Darius Brown. He enjoyed this conversation with sports law. So thank you very much. That's your, that's your buddy. Hey, LB. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Uh, and Haley, thank you for coming on. We really do appreciate you. Thanks for and, having uh, we'll, me. We'll, we'll discuss soon because we'll try to figure out when we're in Nashville. See if yes. you want to join. I know you're not a beer connoisseur, but maybe you might have to have to taste some beer with us while we're out there. I will or have to for y'all. Hey, yeah. whiskey moonshine. I'm your girl. <laughs> All right, perfect. So if you Thanks. can't find me in Nashville, I'll be the guy that looks like me with a cowboy hat on. Oh, great. Don't forget the jorts. Remember, I know you're not into those, but I listen, I am not Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do not wear jorts. <laughs> if I do wear jorts, jorts they're gonna be Daisy Dukes. <laughs> I have a belt buckle that's about this big. Is that is that you a... have to bring it? You have to okay. bring it. Okay. Like I'm listen, I'm a Texas Hillbilly. You can't wear that shit unless you earned it. <laughs> Ask my cousins about it, all right? You can't wear that shit you're in. In Nashville, we're all fake hillbillies, so. But you know what, though? I, I've been in Nashville before. All the women look like Haley. We're all blonde. We're all Everybody's blonde. blonde. I've never seen a larger collection of blonde women in my life. Yep, That's we're fine. all blonde. Terrifying. Well, and well, Haley, half of us aren't real, really blonde. We're fake blondes. <laughs> well, Haley, thank you for joining us. Everybody, you can find Haley at the Haley Murphy. Uh, and that's H-A-I-L with two E's, uh, Haley Murphy. And um, we also will find you on uh, Belly Up Sports, uh, the blog, stuff like that. So you'll be there as well. So it's great having you on. We do appreciate it. Yeah, We're going to take a small you. break. And we will be bringing back uh, our intern, Sal, and then our last and final guest. So thank you so much. Clap Haley. it up for Big Murph. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. All right, back with that guy Sal talking a little NBA National Basketball Association. Talk to us, Sal. Well, did you guys see any of the All Star Game weekend? Any of this stuff? No. Yeah, I caught. No. I caught. I caught uh, a lot of. Uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Obi Tobin. No, the defensive end from the uh, Miles Garrett. I caught a lot. A uh, lot of Miles Garrett. Oh, the celebrity game. <laughs> Getting, getting block calls, and I was sitting there going, "Who the hell is standing in front of Miles Garrett? Like taking, like trying to take a charge." <laughs> I don't who no one is. Imagine Wait, MPK. Is is Miles Garrett or Garrett Miles? Miles Garrett. I think Miles, Miles, yeah, gonna, Miles Garrett. Yeah. Miles is going to beat me up over this shit. <laughs> yeah, MGK would uh, get in his way and take a charge from Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is what Zion Williams looks like. What Williamson wishes he was. <laughs> he was a beast in that game. That's the only thing I really saw. And I saw a couple Obi Top and dunks, but I heard the dunk well, show wasn't that great now. So Phil said uh, all star weekend. The dunk or was it good? What, what what do you think? Dunk contest was actually horrible. It was the worst one I've ever seen. It, it, I've never seen more guys miss a dunk in my life. I saw people I, looking at their phones. You people I saw did you see the Shaq? Did you see the meme oh, of Shaq? Yeah. And he's just like he was just like, "Oh my god, get me out of here! I need to leave." Like, I, it was it was a disaster. Somebody I mean, said, uh, somebody said when Blake when Blake Griffin jumped over the car, it was over. Eh, no, two thousand six. Like, there was no place left to go, is what they said, which is yeah, bullshit. 
Because the following year, I believe, somebody freaking killed it. Maybe last year, actually, somebody the killed last, it. Sorry, the you go last ahead, good, The last good uh, dunk contest was when, in 2016 with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. That was, that was the one. That was the one. That was that was the best one. And after that, they have just sucked since then. It, it has it's went downhill since then. Was it there but a second the, one with Aaron Gordon where he was awesome in it and he lost again? Yes. He had two of them. I forgot who he lost to, though. Aaron Gordon is the best dunk contest contestant ever to never win a uh, dunk contest championship. Oh, 100 percent 100 He might be the best ever other than Vince Carter. Vince Carter, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Well, Vince Carter he, was awesome. But Obi won that. At least the Knicks win something. Sorry, but give him a banner. Uh, I'm waiting for the give, banner ceremony. Get put, <laughs> Knicks are going to put a banner up tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I guess if anybody had to win that, I guess it should have been Obi. So at least they got that right. But yeah, not too impressed with the uh, with the uh, dunk contest. The three point contest is always fun. I enjoyed it. Cat uh, won. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Wow. Surprise! That's yeah. surprising. Oh, that was a big surprise. I was like, at first, I was like, "What is he doing in the three on the three point contest?" And and then I was like, "Wow, he's actually good. He did a good job. He got like twenty nine points, so wow. he did pretty good." Um, the All Star Game itself was all right. You know, it, it, they have a new format now where they have to where uh, each quarter whoever wins each quarter wins money for charity. So at least like the last two minutes, you see the guys try. Like yeah. it's not, you know, the first like eight minutes, they're not, they're just dunking and going, nobody's playing defense. They're just shooting threes from half court. So, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, the fourth quarter, they played at 24, right? No, they pl- they went to one sixty three. The target score was one sixty three. But isn't is it twenty four points from like whatever? Is that what wasn't that what it was or no? I think so. I to yeah. honor Kobe. Yeah, I think yeah, they, do they do twenty four. Yeah, they do twenty four. The the fourth quarter was the ex- most exciting part because they don't have it. It wasn't timed. Yeah, they could just you keep know. going back and forth play defense. They just keep oh, yeah. going, and of course, LeBron got the last shot and won it for his team. I, I knew that was going to happen in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, Steph After he Curry, burned their city down, he has yeah. to get, uh, you know, his his rights or his glory moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got it. He did get it. He yeah. got it. Steph Curry went off in this game. He, this was, he got 50 points. Wow. And a record 16 threes in the game. Wow, and obviously he was the MVP. Yeah, and I tweet, and during the game I tweeted this. I was like, Steph Curry is the best shooter I've have, I've ever seen. Yeah, hands down, without question. Uh, yeah, he, I I, best shooter I have ever seen. He probably will go down as one of the best. Well, he is. Um, I think he is going to go down as the best. Not yeah, probably. he. Yeah, no, he <laughs> definitely will. Um, the best part about this weekend was they honored uh, the greatest players in the last 75 years is the 75th anniversary of the nba right. and they honored all the greats they brought them all out during halftime you know you saw michael jordan and lebron james and magic johnson you know Allen iverson you know, the list goes on and on and so, i thought that was pretty cool i you know I, I caught that and i actually looked at the list and like a third of the 75 played in the last like 15 to 18 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. I noticed that. Well, apparently, yeah. 
the guys that played and started this game, they sucked. Like that, that's, I mean, that ultimately that's what it was. Well, maybe that's because they weren't all six foot eight. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. that's why they sucked because they were all like five foot 11. No, and that's why, like, there's some I'm guys sure, that are biased. There's guys that are like in the middle of their career and they're like, yeah, they're top 75. Really? They're top 75. If they died tomorrow, they probably wouldn't even make the Hall of Fame. Who I think yeah. James Harden was in that, right? James Harden's not his James, player. Not James Harden. Giannis uh, and Tim Kapopo was in it. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Durant, right? Kevin Durant's in it? Yeah. Guys yeah, that are still like, in, in the middle of their career. Were Damian in. Lillard was in it. Damian, Damian Lillard so was I in think, it. Honestly, I think they just did it because it was like one of those things where it's like, well, let's get the fans who are currently with us. That's I, I get that. Is. But over a third of the people, like, no, really? I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, if you were just the last right 15 now, years, if you were to do like a top 100, let's say MLB players, you're not using a third of the teams. A third of them are not going to be from the last 15 no, years. Absolutely. If not. you were to go back 100 years, a third of them wouldn't even be within the last 30 years. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's just like, it's just let alone, and mind you, a 30 years out of 100 is roughly a third. Yeah. And I think they, the greatest of the baseball players played in the first 50 years. Yeah. I, I think they made this list more of a popularity contest kind I of. Agree. Absolutely. I agree. It, it was just kind of like, okay, who who can we get to, you know, come and add star power to the All-Star game uh, weekend? A lot of rhinestones, not too many diamonds. Yeah, and there were some snubs too, like Vince Carter. Vince Carter wasn't on the list. That is That's ridiculous. Vince Carter is That's crazy. He, he had his own shoe. He should have been there. Tracy it's McGrady wasn't there. Shoes. Tracy McGrady, another snub. Uh, uh, that's a bad one. That's a bad one, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, besides that, NBA doesn't come back to one tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. tomorrow. The Nets yeah. have the Celtics tomorrow. Okay. All right. I can imagine that. I don't. T- I t- doesn't know what to do with himself right now. There's no NBA. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Well, moving on to our favorite segment. (laughs) Does Gen Z know? Yes. I didn't do so good last week, so let's see what you got for me. Got the rotary phone, though. That was pretty... Oh, that's right. I did. I did. But I was... Most kids your age probably do not know what rotary phone. I was embarrassed on the full house one. And, and I, what I said, I was at full house and it was family matters. Oh, well, you also said family tides, which is also Michael J. Fox. Yeah, that's another it's, one. It's family ties, man. Oh, uh, there is tides. It's ties. Ties. I don't know. Here we go. There's the music. All right. Now, so we got. We got one, uh, we're going to talk to you about it. And the other one we're going to do is a video clue again. We're going to go back to 90s themes. Um, right. Thank you for the reminder, Sal. No problem. 
Um, all right, let me get the. All right, so when I say the word, the I guess letters and number of Y two K, what do you think of? I think I think of Chris Jericho at first. Um, Y two J. Well, why was Y two J called Y two J? Yeah, because of the computer. They thought the computers were going to explode or something like that. That was his debut. Give That's- it to him. Give it to him. He actually debuted like three months prior, or no, six months prior to Y two K. That's the yeah. only reason I know that because of Chris so, Jericho. Y two K. For anybody that knows computers, Y two K is a situation where they were unsure of how uh, his couple computers would be able to equate having double zero as the uh, calendar, which I thought was kind of stupid, only because. Uh, Computers work on ones and zeros. A double zero at the end, it only shows you double zero. 2,000 is still the number. It's not zero, 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 zero. I imagine if it was the year zero, which there is no such thing, that would have caused a larger problem than two, zero, zero, zero. zero. But a lot of so, bought Nick. computers because they were uh, Y2K compatible. Well, look at this. Look at this. This I pulled up. I looked, I looked back some old images about Y2K. Best Buy had to rem- remember you, to remind you. Having a little remember, wow. turn your computer off before midnight on, on December 31st, 99. That's, that's one. We also have here the uh, the effort versus Y2K cities uh, preparing for the worst. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't think it was a serious. It's a, it was a very serious. People were like survival preparing to the point where they created this book, the Y2K Personal Survival Kit. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like. People really thought that the the world was either going to end or some shit was just going to happen. Natural disasters and you know planes going to fall out of the sky and all the computers going to be messed up. My sister, shout out to Gina, she probably don't like this like, tell the story, but she was like telling my parents like stock up on like cans, like food, like she was all in on Y two K and was like, we have to prepare. We don't know what's going to happen, and then it happened, and we're like, see Gina, you were. Crazy about this for nothing. So that was all a ploy to get people to buy new computers. Probably. Of course it was. Of course it was. All right. Because what's right before that? Windows 2000. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All well, right. Thanks, well, Chris Sherko, for that one. I, I would have gotten it wrong. If it wasn't yeah, I wasn't right. sure if you would because you were born in 99. You wouldn't have known. And when, when's your birthday? You just passed in February or so, right? Yeah, February 11th. You were like, what, 10 months old when it happens? You wouldn't remember. So I, thought, Probably. I thought I'd stump you, Sal, but you got me. You got me. I got you on that one. Next you got one. Me. All right, here we go. Um, guess this theme song. Uh. That's such a generic theme song. Uh, not, it is generic. not generic. It's kind of generic. There's no it's, words in it. Play it play, exactly. That's the whole point. Can you put when, play, if you hold on? Hey, play it again, but don't put up the graphic. I I can't do that. You disgust me. It, <laughs> that's the way the program works. Give me some. But, hints. But, but here it is, right here. Look, the, this is the hint. <laughs> Oh, 
Me doing that little wrist motion. That was yep. the hint. Me going. Every 90s person that's watching this, which is like all five of them, they're all they're all like, God damn it. These these kids don't know great television. Uh, all right, so he doesn't know. know. Show us that I answer, Rook. All right, here is the answer. I had to wait for the glasses part, though. I've heard of that show. I would have never. We would have sat here all night. I would have never gotten it. But that was a I've huge of part of the nineties. That was amazing. That I've actually Jungle Boy's dad, R.I.P. Luke Perry. Yeah, R.I.P. Oh, Luke Perry. Really? We, my, see, my wife. We love that show. We actually, when we started dating, we re, we rewatched it. Like she had the DVDs of it. We rewatched Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two Now. Amazing show. I have it on the yeah, Plex. I've heard of that? Oh, I have to go back and watch it on the Plex then. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Jungle Boy from AEW. His dad, I was just about to say. Yeah. That's what Matt, yeah, Matt just said. So, I believe his name is Jack, Jack Perry. What is that? I believe his name is Jack Perry. Jungle uh, Boy. Yeah, his real Jungle name is Jack, Jack Perry. Perry. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because I'm pretty sure uh, Luke Perry's character's father's name was Jack. That, On 902 and 0, oh, Luke Perry, yeah. his dad's name was Jack. I believe he was, was, uh, was Jack. he was Dylan and his father was his, his he was like Dylan McSomething and his father was Jack McSomething. Dylan McKay. McKay, there he goes. I'm pretty sure his dad was Jack McKay. All right. So now this brings us to our third and final guest. We have what is Sal's intern Sal's what is it? Brainchild is that the word? His brainchild. The W W E. Scoreboard Addicts Wrestling Trivia. And we'd like to welcome <laughs> Mr. Matt O'Day from At The Squared Circle. It's me, Austin! <laughs> Hopefully that's an answer. Hey, but hey, I'm Matt. ready. Oh, he's got his paper out. He's paper ready. ready. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Thanks for joining us today. We... We do have, let's see, we're going to, so we're doing something a little different this time. So last time we all showed on the paper, but it doesn't really work for a, for a podcast because it's a lot of audio. Uh, <laughs> That's so true, none, of us, none of us were given the answer. And then Sal was tell us that we were right or wrong. So for this week, we are going to write our answers down, but then also say them out loud. So, so I've got one question for you, Matt. Are you ready? <laughs> We'll find out. All right. Matt, you're a little low. If you could turn up the volume a little bit. Uh, there you go. Whatever you just right. did. Okay. Is that good? It might be your beard is muffling the sound to it your microphone. Be. It could be. I'm sorry. Maybe you look around your nose. Try using the computer speaker. Uh, the it's, they don't work. They don't oh. work. <laughs> yeah. Live TV, everybody. Yes. We're doing All it. All right. Live. I'm not mad, but I'm not happy. Just disappointed. Can, can you hear me, or is it still a little low? That's better. No, we, we got That's you now. Better. That's way better now. All right, all right, all right. All right. So, Sal, right, question ready? number one. All right. Reminder, questions are two points each. Final question. We do a final Jeopardy. Wager your points. So, 
Last week, Nick won, so let's see if he keeps streak alive. He's the champion. Oh, wait, how many questions? We got five? Five. All right. And Final Jeopardy right, is the sixth or five? The fifth is Final the Jeopardy. Fifth question. It's the fifth question. Okay. And then there will be partial credit if you get if there's one or two answers, correct? Do you believe this shit, Matt? Yes. They, they, they con me into doing this partial credit bullshit. I don't you're think we're either right or it's wrong. I and agree. the rock says you are wrong. Know your role and shut your mouth. All right, Sal, let's go. Question right, number question one. one. Who was the first ever hardcore champion? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> are we shouting it out or are we writing it down? Write it down. Then Write it down and it then. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready, Rook? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm All right. What do you got, Rook? I got Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Close. What do you got, Nick? My handwriting is abysmal, but it says Mankind, a.k.a. Right. Mick Foley. Where you got, Matt? Mankind. mankind. All right. All right. Matt, you have to say it. He mankind, did. Mankind. No, but he, after Sal already said it. Yeah, I know. It I'll say, yeah, okay. I got you. All right. All right. Question number two. two. I'm already, two. already behind. All right. Question two. After WCW ended, Ric Flair came back to WWE in 2002. Who did he wrestle in his first match back? <laughs> Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> After WCW ended, Ric Flair came back to WWE in 2002. Who did he wrestle during his first match back? God damn it. <laughs> so wrong. I'll go first. The Rock. <laughs> nah. I love this answer. So I'm not entirely sure because I stopped watching once they started bringing back people's grandpas to wrestle. Uh, I'm going to say Hogan. No. Mr. McMahon at the Royal Matt's got it. Wow. I said grandpas. I I knew there was going to be somebody's grandpa. I just wasn't sure who was. I was thinking like somebody older and then I was like, you know, maybe it was like somebody who was young and they did The Rock. I was going to pick McMahon. I would have been right. It would have been such a lucky Ric Flair is the reason why I stopped watching wrestling in 2002. That would have been epic if you if you would have picked McMahon. <laughs> All right. So All right. Here we go. Question three. Ready? Which two former wrestlers had the gimmick of being Mr. McMahon stooges during the Attitude Era? Fuck. I don't know any of them. Stooges. So. Mm-hmm. They had the gimmick of being the Stooges. I'll just say my answer because I know it's wrong. I put the Bean Street Posse. (laughs) (laughs) Easy there, Pete Gas. That's his name, Pete Gas. That's you. That's your friggin' twin. Uh, The first intercontinental champion, Pat Patterson, and owner of Briscoe Brothers uh, Automotive Company, Gerald Briscoe. You got it. I have the same thing, Patterson and Briscoe. I love Nick's intro to them, though, so spot on. Listen, right. the Stooges, but let's show them a little respect. Pat Patterson was the first intercontinental champion and the first RIP. locker room yes. openly gay wrestler. So um, if I get this wrong, I don't get to participate in Final Jeopardy, right? Because I have no points. Well, we got no, we got one more question before Final Jeopardy. One yeah, but if I get it wrong, I'm not going to be able to be in Final Jeopardy. You get it right. Me. Yeah, so get it right. I believe in you. I can't. Yeah, is it easy style? Come on. You know, I'm not really a big hardcore. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. 
All right, so right now, Rook with zero, Nick has four, and Matt has six in the lead. All right, the question four. What pay-per-view had the classic Hell in a Cell match between The Undertaker and Mankind? Got to name the pay-per-view. God. I'll just go first. I said no way out. <laughs> nope. I think I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but I'm saying Survivor Series. No. King of the Ring. Ah, uh, Matt's got a King of the Ring. Wow, 1998. Matt dominated. I went 0 for 4, so I cannot participate in Final Jeopardy. But I'll still give an answer, even though it's gonna be wrong. All right. I want to yeah, point just, out, yeah. 2002. I was busy trying to hook up with chicks. Matt was wearing a Yankee hat <laughs> and watching wrestling. <laughs> I know this because we went to high school together, and I saw him nothing wearing the same Yankee hat for three years at least. Nothing about <laughs> what Nick said is false. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Nick has four. Matt has eight, and unfortunately, Brooke has nothing. Brooke, are you still gonna play this round? Yeah, I'll play, but I'm obviously I can't. All right. No shout out winning here. I feel like TJ now on every trivia show we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I try to make the fifth question the hardest, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Did we Who, wager or Yeah, before you give your answer, just wager or whatever it is. Yeah, wager first and then we'll ask the question. Okay. All right, who wrestles in the main event during the first ever smack ever episode of SmackDown? Wait, hold on. Just to clarify, are we talking about the special that happened in April, or are we talking about the episode that happened in August? Episode Ooh. that happened in August. All right, thank you. Uh, That's just a clap because there were two different. There was SmackDown, the special from UPN that was in like April or March. Yeah, and I then there was the debut of SmackDown as a regular series show in August. So I said I was gonna, uh, you know, give an answer. I'm just not. <laughs> All right, we ready? I don't know if this is right, but I'm going to wager four points, and I'm going to say Triple H versus The Rock. That is right. Wow. Got it. I wagered all my points, and I did the same thing. And I put ah. on this. HBK oh, was the ref. And I sent him the gift today. Son of a bitch. Oh, I had a little, oh, wow. little twinkle in my smile when I heard that question. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> well. Well, I should do it for you, Matt. I mean, you're you're a wrestling podcast, right? You're doing wrestling on, over at, at the uh, Squared Circle. And and but by the way, I just want to clap it up for Matt. I tip my cap to you, sir. You champion. All right. Tip my cap. Uh, you got to be a little proud of me that I know that there were two debuts of SmackDown. You, you know, that was going to be my question because I wasn't sure. And you and you asked that question because, all right, so what was the Martin. other main event then? Do you remember? Wow. I honestly don't remember. I just saw I it. Was it Ken Shamrock? I just saw this. Uh, Literally last week because I'm watching all the Attitude Era. Yeah. So I started Wasn't from ninety. Ken Shamrock in that one though. I don't remember. I mean, Ken Shamrock had internal bleeding that entire year, so tough to it say. It was Triple H and Undertaker versus The Rock and Stone Cold when the corporate yeah. ministry formed. That's right. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. By the way, Is I love there... the, it was me, Austin, and uh, so just a uh, real quick. But Matt and I were talking earlier this week, and I said, uh, "Cody Rhodes is is I I don't know if it's." 
legitimate or if it's kayfabe, but Cody Rhodes no, is leaving AEW. Uh, I'm not into wrestling in today's world. I'm, I'm an Attitude Era guy. I don't like PG wrestling. I'm not a fan of it at all. I don't care to watch Ugly Bailey swinging around the ring. I don't care to watch Shinsuke Nakamura look like he's going to touch a little kid in the crowd. Um, he's like the Michael Jackson Japanese wrestler. Like That's what I see when I see Nakamura. Um, but something about Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW allegedly. Um, and I told Matt, I said, I'm waiting for Tony Khan to pull off his mask and reveal Vince McMahon underneath and go, it was me, Cody. <laughs> Unleashing the largest and longest and most costly work in the history of professional <laughs> wrestling. But it probably won't happen. <laughs> that is funny. That is pretty funny. But that would have been great. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you saw the disclaimer on the bottom of the uh, the ticker. I see it. Thank you. Yeah. Um... <laughs> you got to watch it. You got to read it from the beginning. Oh, read my name. Matt O'Day. That's me. Hello. Uh-huh. Well, That's no, you. not that part. Well, why are you read it? Because it's going to be a while for you to read it. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We'll go into some uh, quick, brief New York Rangers talk. Oh. Yeah, we can talk about the Rangers a little bit. Um, right now, yeah, certain things. I mean, for me at least, as a as a Ranger fan, um, I feel like one one constant throughout this season, up to this point, and we we're just coming off of a victory, uh, and then a loss in overtime, um, coming off the break. Uh, one constant you're going to hear from Turk at the end of games is, "I don't think you've seen our best hockey." And yeah, by God, yeah. I love that mindset because unless you're winning every game by a large margin, if you really don't believe in your team, then if you don't believe in your team, then you're sitting there saying, oh, we're putting out, you know, you're doing the Aaron Boone, you know, the, oh, you know, I saw a lot of good things out there. Nobody else can see the good things <laughs> with Joe Judge, the Aaron Boone. I saw a lot of good things out there. Nobody else sees it. You lost. So nobody saw anything good. Yeah. Um, but Turk comes out every night, even when they win, and goes, I still think we suck. Yeah, I still does. see I like things that. that I have a problem with. And that's how you make a winner. Yeah. You don't make a winner sitting there, you know, you know, it's like again, it's like Coach Orion, right? The only thing on your mind should be goose eggs. Zero. Oh, well, we won. So who gives a shit? What about the goal you gave up? That was a bullshit goal. You know, stuff like that. That that's how you get better. Perfection yeah. is the only thing on your mind, and that seems to be Turk's message to the team, and I love it. Um, well, I was going to say, game, come, say sorry, again. I was going to ask you. So, one of the three names I keep hearing for trades right now 
The trade deadline in runs for NHL is actually not till March 26th. There's a lot of time off. About three days away, yeah. Yeah, it's a few, yeah, it's quite some time away. But um, so big names, obviously, Georgiev, um, Kretzoff, and I believe Lundqvist are coming up in a lot of trade talks. Kretzoff, yep. obviously, we know the situation with Kretzoff where he's not, you know, there's no, you know, he doesn't like the value. Playing, he's playing in Russia. Yeah. He's playing in Russia. He's playing well in Russia, too. So he's kind of a good. As long as he wants to play in North America, he's a good, you know, chip piece to move. So, I mean, what do you, I mean, is there any expectation? I mean, obviously the Rangers are going to be buyers. So obviously there's, 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 been a lot of con, there's a lot of conversation about JT Miller. And we talked about this, TJ yeah, and I talked about yeah, in, like in depth like a week ago. Uh, but it seems to be that I, I saw a list today on Twitter and it said, uh, it showed three players or four players. I can't remember who they were off the top of my head. Yeah. But it said teams to be interested and the Rangers were in all four. Pretty much the Rangers are in on every player in the NHL right now. If you're in the NHL and you have a player and you're not in the playoffs, uh, you're you're in. You know, the, the Rangers are looking for a player from your franchise. It's really a question about who they're willing to give up to get that player. And somebody like Nils Lundqvist, uh, Kraftsoff, um, they're people that they may move on from. Uh, a lot of Ranger fans are talking about Kako. Um, I, I just don't see it. I mean, is the kid lighting it up right now? No, he's injured right now. Okay. Yeah, uh, but he's 21 years old. What is he? 20, almost 22 or about to, or just turned 22. Like they, two they make it seem like he's so old that we should just give up on the guy. I mean, it's not, it's not, do you really want him to end up being great someplace else like Miller and then having yeah. to trade for him back? Yeah at a higher value than what you could have just mentored and made him into. And I also think that he uh, was, I thought he was playing well before his injury too. Like he wasn't playing horrible. He, like he was, he, he was improving. Great he was getting there. He was getting, he's only 22. He's it's uh, number two overall pick at the Jack Hughes. And he was getting there. He's getting to the point where he's probably progressing. People finally seeing what we drafted, you know, a few years ago. And now it's like, he's, his name's coming to all the trade talks, which is obviously he's a good, good piece to move. But is it someone that we could possibly use to make this cup run this year or even next year? Because I mean, the question is, unless you're trading for that guy, that Jack Eichel, right? Yeah. If you're trading yeah. for an Eichel, if you're trading for a McDavid, then yes, give up the farm. That's fine. But if you're if you're trading for a piece, are you that piece from a Stanley Cup victory? Not a playoff appearance, not a Stanley Cup appearance, a Stanley Cup victory. And and that's the question. And and all the names that are in question. No, they are not the guy that's going to bring a Stanley Cup to New York. So they're, they're a piece that could help yeah. down the road, but this year they're not going to make such an impact that we're in the Stanley Cup. So I'm going to throw out one name for you, uh, Joe Pavelski. What do you feel about him coming over to the Rangers? Definitely. I wish TJ was here for this because I feel like TJ. I, 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 listen, I, a lot of the names that are available, to include Pavelski, are are good to bring. And they're players. 100% they are players. Are their ceilings higher than somebody like Kako? That's tough to say today. Yeah. Today, it's hard to say. Of course. But when you're talking about bringing somebody in right now and you're mortgaging the future to win today, pulling a, a St. Louis Rams, if you will, fuck them picks, then it has to be a guarantee. Like, excuse me. I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Rams. But point being is, is that if the Lo if the Los Angeles Rams lost the Super Bowl this year and yeah. they suck for the next eight years because they gave away everything, would it have been worth it? 
If they would have got bounced out in the first round of the playoffs, would it have been worth it? Mm, I don't think so. Because unless the Rangers trade for fucking Connor McDavid, that's a possibility. So that, that that's that's my point. Even to include Pavelski, yeah. like unless you're getting somebody like Connor McDavid or somebody like Jack Eichel, somebody who's a top five player in the league, they yeah. are not making that much of a difference to the team right now to guarantee us a Stanley Cup victory. And you, you just don't want to be caught in 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 a situation with like JT Miller or what TJ said last week with um uh damn it I can't remember the name right now it's it escapes me it's a nineties name ugh uh big, I, yeah, I don't remember either uh I'm just having a, I'm, I'm on medication and I've been drinking um <laughs> but uh but yeah I I just I don't see that happening uh, I see them trading somebody like Nils Lundqvist I see them trading somebody like Kravtsov. Uh, even Georgiev, and uh, which I can't stand Georgiev. He infuriates me to a level that I don't even want to go to. Um, I think Kratzoff has to go. Like, you're not using him. Oh, he's disgruntled. He's, he's disgruntled. He's not happy here. He, he didn't want to go to the AHL. He didn't want to play at the Wolfpack anymore. I mean, there's younger guys who, you know, you look at Brad, uh, what, Brandon Schneider. You know, he went to – he was in the Wolfpack. Zach he Jones. got his opportunity to play. Kratzoff went to the Wolfpack. He might be playing in the NHL right now. But he's, he would. he's not happy with the Rangers, so you have he to would. just get rid of him. Jury, I think Jury's looking for the move, and I think whatever move he makes to Kratzoff is going to be something that you know benefits the Rangers at this point. Absolutely, I, I concur. I think the Rangers are uh, maybe two two pieces away yeah. from a, a, a deep playoff run, but unless they get somebody like McDavid, they're not getting an, a guaranteed yeah. uh, Stanley Cup appearance, let alone mm-hmm. victory. But they could do it in a year or two with the, the core that they have provided that they keep that core. I think the more in, uh, interesting news for this week is that the Rangers are playing the Capitals at home for the first time this season uh, this week. And today uh, the media asked Chris Kreider about his conversation with Tom Wilson yeah, um, at the All-Star game. Uh, they said, uh, hey, we saw you kind of buddy-buddy uh, with Tom Wilson at the All-Star game. Uh how hard is that to uh, to turn on and off once once you're playing a game? And 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 you know what, Kreider gave a, a perfect answer. You know, all, personal lives are personal, but we are all professionals. You have respect for professionals. Once the puck drops, though, the only friends you have wear the same jersey as you. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. That's yeah, excellent. Um, Keep it, and people say, well, you know, the, the Rangers are over it, and that might be very well true. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room like some of our friends might be uh, or once were. But um, <laughs> but Ryan Reeves was also on the shelf the last time we played uh, yeah. the Caps. So Ryan Reeves ain't on the shelf anymore, and Tom Wilson lives in fear of Ryan Reeves. So I guess we'll see what uh, – and you know what? The Rangers faithful, you know, the blue shirt faithful, they're going to want to see something, I, th- I think. I wouldn't mind seeing Tom Wilson get his face bashed in. Yeah, uh, I agree. And then seeing Reeves go and take off his jersey and go, <laughs> just, just as a fuck you to Tom Wilson. Um, I don't really think about Tom Wilson except for when we play the Capitals. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I don't think of Ovechkin either until we play the Capitals. Although Ovechkin's <laughs> an all-time great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's a big the big deal. We're playing a lot of original six teams in the next uh, couple of weeks. We played the uh, Detroit Red Wings last week. TJ was blaming uh, John T. Uh, John T. McGinley, excuse me, for our <laughs> loss to the Redskins, uh, Red Wings last week. Um, I don't know how his being friends with Chris Chelios causes them to beat the Rangers, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's entitled to his opinion. But we play a lot of original six teams coming up over the next course, the next thirty days, and a lot of teams within our own division, and it's really going to determine 
who wins the Metro. And we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the Rangers' main focus is not even winning the Metro right now. It's going to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Make the playoffs, try to make a run. Uh, be one of those like Cinderella teams. You know, people don't expect it, but here we are. We're in the cup. But you know, Rangers, uh, Rangers fans are hungry for that cup. So hopefully we we get to see it eventually. But uh, I think that's about it for the show. I mean, we're gonna bring back Matt real quick. Uh Matt, tell us where you're at. I know you got the, the squared circle, it's kind of like a wrestling meme page that you run. Tell us uh, you know, what where else we could find you. Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter too. Um, you had the little banner up there. There you go. And then, um, I just pretty much, it's just for fun right now. And I actually sell, (laughs) you can't, I mean, you can see it if you have the video, but I sell wrestling merchandise, open figures, closed figures on uh, whatnot. So, um, I, post that on Twitter so you could uh, catch the links on there and if you're not a member of whatnot there'll be a link to where if you sign up you get ten dollars I get ten dollars everybody wins so that's a couple of things I got going you also saw the Funkos yes I do have those two the Funkos as well it's it's a lot (laughs) I do have a lot of things that I'm moving and and that yeah. or whatnot, it will be on the at the T squared circle, correct? Is that- yeah, I'm gonna post the link up there. I, I may even just pin it. There you okay. go, brainstorming. I'll, I'll pin it on there, and you know, you guys could check out what I'm doing. All right, cool, Matt. Well, we appreciate you coming on for some wrestling trivia. Good luck with your whatnot. Oh, and your, uh, I love it. At the squared circle. Maybe we'll have you on again. You're the, you're now the reigning champion. I guess. I we mean, have to have yeah. You. You can't have no Shawn Michaels shenanigans with Razor Ramon. I feel like, <laughs> you know, I'm ready to defend. I say next week we bring back Joe Sokoa like the fake Diesel because they kind of look alike with the beard and the glasses. I always said that. We should see. I don't know if Joe does wrestling trip. We should bring them both back for wrestling trivia. But we'll just pretend Joe is Matt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Matt. We do appreciate it. Why don't you hang around because we're going to end the show soon and then we could hang around chat real quick. But All right, All right everybody good. else. Uh, we just want to say thank you again to uh, Andrew Leduc. I always say Leduc. I think everyone says Leduc. It's, it's Leduc, freaking animal. <laughs> Leduc from the uh, Davidson Pivots. Thank you for joining us the PGA Talk. TJ, thank you for joining us as well, for all the way from the Atlantic Ocean. Stop. Yeah. Hold on. You can't thank our fellow co-host for showing up on our show. Are you? You're really trying to fucking d- d- just get him off the show, aren't you? No, yeah, just we're, we're, no, we're we're because he came from the Atlantic Ocean. He came the thank you, Haley Big Murph Murphy. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, thank you to Haley Murphy for coming on and talking law with us. Uh, we, big show. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. We didn't do everything. I don't think we listened to anything. All right. Next time we're going to edit in this. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to take out the last 10 minutes your... I talked. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sal, thank you for your Does Gen Z Know, your wrestling trivia, and your NBA knowledge. We do appreciate you watching the All-Star Game, unlike 90% of the population. I didn't. <laughs> for everybody here with us, thank you for joining us here at the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. We appreciate you being with us, and we'll see you again next week. This is the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. Star Nick, TJ, and The Rook. Our shows are for the average sports fan who likes drinking 
talking sports and talking shit. We cover all sports from the MLB to the NHL and everything in between, as well as review movies and discuss pop culture. Dude, he wouldn't be in the NFL if he couldn't play at this level. All right? You get this. Good day. I can't believe you just said that. That was the stupidest thing I've heard you say in weeks. All right? See, he can never play at this level. I never heard. I'm ruining the magic. That's a a really interesting point. We all know of shady underground places that give massages and happy endings. And does it not seem out of the realm of possibility? You do? It's an embarrassment. I think fans are tired. Um... You know, because it's a clown show organization. Guess what, Joe? It is. It's still a man sport. This is still hockey. Step the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking. I don't know why, but he looked at me. I'm looking at you. I see him looking at me. He goes. <laughs> He's trying to eat it real low key. Join us on bellyup.tv on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. for our movie reviews and on Saturdays at 7 p.m. for our standard sports talk show. Oh, yeah. Stay rock! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.